SMQBs, episode 26. We are back, minus Milk, who has more important things to do tonight. Good luck, Milk. We have an NBA Finals wrap-up, a very sincere apology from House uh, to one Finals MVP. We talk new teams and team names, the mess that is the Tokyo Olympics, uh, SEC football, MLB trade deadline, and of course, the punchable face of the week. Enjoy the episode. It's fun. Leave us a five-star review if you could, and we'll see you soon. And from the people climb up on the booth, singing from the people on the people, my hands are real, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the, dancing on the people, I got people. SMQBs, 26th episode. We made it past the 25 mark. It's all downhill from now from now on, guys. Hey, House, if um, if your Phillies can't take four out of four from the Nats this week, then you guys probably ought to have John Lester uh, playing quarterback for you next year because we are down and out, and you should be steamrolling the Nats. Putting a nail in the coffin of the Expos, and by the end of this week, Deshaun Watson will be a Philadelphia Eagle. Whoa, you heard oh, it here. Oh, there you Ooh, go. Wow. Breaking news. Wow. Sla- slap in the face to all the women fans of Philadelphia. Yeah, so you feel good about Jalen Hurts as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good confidence for uh, Jalen. Yeah. I'm just reporting news. Uh, <laughs> ah, uh-huh. is, that, is that an insider source? It's an insider source. The the Texans just announced they're open to trading him. Well, that's can't, they can't just, imagine they why. They just announced that's in in Rooster World that they just announced. It was actually <laughs> like twenty four hours ago that they yeah. actually announced it. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose you all know that the uh, that uh, Rogers and the Packers reached a deal, a one year deal, a last dance, today. last dance, yeah, yeah, last dance. All right. Breaking news right it here. It was an interesting contract. It was weird. They deliberately set it up so that he can get out after this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody's sick of this crap, right? I mean, they're, they're, everyone on every side is sick of it. Yeah. Well, it also gives them a, a chance to hold on to Devontae Adams. They, they needed yeah. to do something, and they weren't going to keep Rodgers for more than a year. Right, right. Well, hey, Rooster, you may not have heard, but um, the uh, – Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship a couple nights ago. Breaking news. Bucks and six. Hey, before we get started on the Bucks, uh, I just want to give a shout out and send SMQB best wishes to our number one Bucks fan, Jay Urban. Um, But but, uh, Bison, since you correctly called the Bucks early on, I am going to seed the conversation about the NBA finals to you. Take it over, baby. Well, I, I wasn't going to mention the fact tonight that I correctly called this, uh, or at least said, keep an eye on the bucks months ago, but, uh, I think you said, you mean like you space. have the last three or four episodes. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it this time, but, <laughs> <laughs> but me and Barkley, we stuck with our guys and, and, uh, we stayed loyal to them. Um, you know, I, Look, I think the thing you have to talk about is the Greek freak, right? Where does that game six 
stand as far as all-time great finals games. Um, I mean, the statistics are unbelievable, right? I mean, we know he had 50 points, but you look at all the other, like the, the, the deep stats that the real stat heads go into. I mean, what was it like? Where, let me see these. He had like 42% usage, but like 52% of the, of the points for the team. I mean, just unbelievable. 17 of 19 from the line, um, 15 shots in the paint, hit a three. Um, he had 20, they had 23.8% of their points at the free throw line in the game. Most of that from Giannis. Um, I mean, just a completely dominant effort by the MVP. Uh, you got to put it up there as one of the all-time great games, right? Absolutely. 50, 14 and five in a closeout game is, is monstrous. Uh, is he the best uh, player in the NBA right now? Boy, I mean, hard time arguing with that. Yeah. I mean, at this point, right. I mean, he got it done and, you know, Durant, couple series ago everyone was saying Durant was and and you know you can make the argument that one one big toe away from from being you know claiming to be the best but you know Durant's never got it done when it's been on his shoulders right uh, well, so. not, not only that but you know I mean we were all pretty high on DeAndre Ayton and Giannis made him look like a child yeah in, in, in the last couple of games I mean he just he just abused him. I'm going to ask our production crew back in the van to do something very special right now. I'm going to, I'm going to ask them to cue up some very unusual music. That's rarely heard. Maybe chariots of fire or something else, because I'm going to announce an apology. I have spent greater than a year referring to Giannis Antetokounmpo as the Greek <laughs> yogurt. And I have to apologize to Giannis. That game was up there with, you know, when you look at great, great performances in the ultimate game to win the championship, where, where one single player puts an entire team on his back. You know, I think about that famous game in, in, in hockey when Messier put the entire team on his back. This game, Giannis, by the way, Drew Holiday not really showing up that night. He was not, great uh, the entire not series. Offensively, no, not, not offensively. offensively. And neither you know, Middleton. Middleton. Middleton wasn't really there. Giannis said, and here's one of the other things that one of my, one of my kids remind me. You know, Giannis made a choice. He made a choice in his playoffs about winning now when he had the chance, saying, I'm going to take a risk on my health, but I've got a chance to win now. Uh, you know, people forget that, you know, five games earlier than that, six games earlier than that, he was 
coming off the floor, and we didn't know whether Giannis was going to play again at all. There was definitely a little bit of structural issue, question mark, to his knee. I don't know what the story was with Kawhi. Did Kawhi make the choice to say, I'm preserving the future and not playing this year? I think you have to give credit to Giannis for his courage to play, for his performance in that game. And if you listen to some of his quotes about his humility and how he feels about the game of basketball, uh, is really, really impressive. I apologize, Giannis. You're a true champion. So, House, though, I I, I want to go back to you on that, though, because, you know, the 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 comparison all year was Giannis and and Embiid, right? And so what's the sort of – is there a reaction in Philly to where – to how this season shaped up? And, and when you look at Embiid, who – you know, people thought should should be the MVP and, you know, was better than Giannis and all this stuff. I mean, is there a reaction to that comparison? I, I don't want to take, again, Giannis is deserving of all the accolades he gets, but I still don't want to forget what Pope laid out for us in these NBA playoffs and how this whole thing played out. Giannis never faced the best opponent the best version of the opponents that he could have he didn't with the nets he didn't with the hawks Embiid faced the best version of trey young and he had very poor compliments around him i don't know that you make i mean Embiid is a totally dominant figure in the nba i don't i don't know if it's an apples to apples comparison Giannis deserves it all he deserves the mvp of the playoffs he deserves the uh the championship but i i i think we can't forget that the Suns did not face uh, AD, they did not face Kawhi, and I think Pope is right. I think when we go to next year, I'm very curious to see where the Suns and Bucks go if they face fully healthy teams with those stars. Well, you you haven't had a NBA champion like the Bucks since the 2011 Mavs, where you have one player Dirk for the Mavs, you have one player Giannis for the Bucks, and you have a good supporting cast, not a great supporting cast, and you have no other true superstars to lift them. So, you know, the Mavs imploded after 2011, and a lot of that was with free agency, and they had to blow up the team. Uh, Mark Cuban, you know, didn't have much of a choice there. But the Bucks, it will be really interesting watching them next year and the year after. Are they able to get another superstar, or are they going to continue to make a run with the roster they have now? Because I would submit the roster they have now will not get back to the Eastern Finals next year or any other year. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's you know, I mean, the other side of it is you could say that they they learn how to they learned how to win, right? I mean, that's the other side. They could come out and and have all that talent that we thought they had the last couple of years. You know, that we were sort of waiting for them to to get to the finals and and win one maybe now they've unlocked it though right the bucks and maybe maybe now they've got that confidence and they go out they're just a totally different team right and they have a cohesive team the you know whereas the nets have three aging injury prone stars you just never know if they're ever going to be healthy at the same time uh the sixers are in a bit of disarray with the ben simmons issue they'll fix that um you know, but you know the Hawks are up and the coming. Hawks. The Hawks are up and coming for sure. They didn't even have DeAndre Hunter in the if playoffs. If they get Hunter healthy, that you know that they could they could give everyone trouble. And look out, you know, look out for the Knicks if they pick up a good free agent. Well, think, look, and, and the same can be said for the Suns. Uh, you know, CP three probably won't be there uh, next year. Um, 
we don't know what they're going to look like. And the West is just going to get stronger. Uh, will the Suns be favored to come back to the finals? I would say they would not be favored. Um, maybe De- uh, DeAndre uh, matures a little bit more. Obviously, Booker has a little bit of way to go. They're two potential superstars. Maybe you get a, a third piece. Uh, they, I, I don't know. They might have a longer upside than the Bucks long term. I think the good news about this NBA Finals, you know, it's been some 40, 50 years consecutively from, you know, Magic and Kareem and Bird to Jordan to LeBron. And maybe we're in the twilight of LeBron's career, but what's pretty clear from this playoffs, from this finals, from the superstars that emerged in this NBA playoffs is the NBA is in very good hands with a really a collective cast of characters, not one superstar like a LeBron that dominates the NBA. I think there's a lot of smaller stars in the NBA that will carry it forward with a great product. Right. Like I said earlier in the year, new is good. We've got new teams in. It's good for the fans. Uh, it's good for the fan bases in those cities. Um, you know, it, it's exciting to, to see some of these young teams progress. Um, speak- the, other, the other thing I was going to say, though, about about just the NBA in general is now, in a lot of ways, the the fun starts, right? The way the NBA, the way players move around. I mean, if if Bradley Beal ends up in a Lakers uniform, you know, the, the, we're not going to be talking about all these these new teams and these different teams in it, right? I mean, the things can change, right? With free agency in the NBA, and then and then of course. You know, you don't even know then when the, when the teams are set. You don't even know what that um, is. That is that you hear, hear that? Yeah, it was special hear guest, special uh, audience guest. Special guest. Is, that, is that milk trying to come in? Maybe, <laughs> but you know, even then, the way these these buyouts work and everything in the NBA, you never know what a real team is. Right, team's going to emerge. So it's it's hard to say that that there's good young teams out there because of the way players move around so much. Yep. Yep. Well, let's talk about uh, some other new things in sports. The uh, NHL has their 32nd team um, beginning play next season, the Seattle Kraken. Kraken. Uh, The Kraken had their expansion draft on uh, July 21st and picked uh, 30 players, unprotected players from other teams, except uh, Vegas didn't have to participate. And, uh, their, their GM kind of played a little version of Moneyball, It seems to me very conservative, uh, expansion draft looked like the goal was to maintain plenty of cap space to pick up some, some free agents. They passed over some expensive available players like, uh, the Canadians goalie, Gary price. Uh, your team, the Flyers, left James Van Riemsdyk unprotected. Good goal scorer. Uh, they they chose not to take him because he was making a lot of money. And um, they picked a bunch of, uh, you know, like young, high-character, high-energy players who, um, in, in, a, in a ceremony that was really kind of cool for Seattle, they had all the past stars Sean Kemp, Sue Bird, Gary Payton, Marshawn Lynch, helping to announce these selections. Um, and, and, you know, they really did not pick many players who were making a lot of money. The, the only ones who were 
making big time bucks were um, Mark Giordano from the Flames, the defenseman making uh, $6.75 million a year. Um, Jordan Eberle from the Islanders, uh, forward, making $5.5 million a year. And, uh, and from Milk's team, the Lightning, Yanni Gorday, a little over $5 million a year. For the most part, most of the guys they picked were making six figures. And so there's, they're young. They have lots of cap space. Let's see what they do with the um, free in the free agent market. They did pick up a young goalie, and the they had this weird um, 70, 72 hour pre expansion draft free agency window where they signed Chris Dreger, a goalie, and a couple of really good defensemen, Adam Larson and Jamie Oleksiak. So, you know, they seem to be following the the Golden Knights model. And let's see what they do in free agency. But it's, it's exciting to see a Seattle get a, a, a major team again. Uh, if, I, I'm interested in seeing how they do. Go go cracking. If if an NHL franchise falls in the Pacific Northwest and no one's there to hear it, <laughs> does it make a sound? Does I, anybody care about the yeah, well, look, Seattle is a great sports town. Great sports town. They support their teams. But here's what's really important to me, Rooster, because I'm all about I'm all about the uni in sports. So behind oh, you is the there we go. The Check crack, it out. Check it crack out. Crack uni. I, what's your take on it, Rooster? Looks like the Seattle. Uh, it looks like it's like yeah, it's not very original. Yeah, I mean, you see, it's got a little anchor up there on the. I still think the Whalers are the all-time best. In By fact, far. my goal one day is to be able to afford to bring the Whalers back to Connecticut uh, as an owner. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> With well, all of you working concessions. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll be play-by-play. Play. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm underwhelmed pretty, by the jersey. Underwhelmed. That's an uninspired yes. logo, uh, I, I have to say. It looks like a dragon. I'm not sure what a kraken looks like, but it doesn't look like a kraken. Yeah, you. It'd be more like the Loch Ness monster. You know, that, that's just looks like an S with a tongue. Now, I wasn't. I wasn't going to say it looked like an S, but that, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of new, we have an old baseball team that finally did the right thing. Who Who wants to talk about the Guardians? Guardians. Apparently, there's been a run on good names for teams. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you know, coming from Washington football team, I'm not sure you have much room to talk. No, I, I'm not. I, I'm not <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. The Guardians is the uh, the new name for Cleveland, formerly known as the Indians. Um, it is part of, you know, an effort by major league franchises to uh, come more into popular uh culture where we are now and that is that we don't accept uh names like the indians um i think that uh uh, the guardians is an interesting choice i I looked into it and and there actually is some statues that are in uh, cleveland they call them the guardian uh, statues uh, and i think there's a traffic guardians yeah there's a bridge uh going into Cleveland, I guess, over one of the rivers. And that is, I guess, where they get their name from. Um, you know, it's not the worst name they could have come up with. I, I would have loved to see them try to incorporate Rock and Roll Hall of Fame into their uh, into their name. I, but I don't mm-hmm. know the Rock and Rollers or, you know, the rockers. Hall of Famers, the Rockers. Um, I don't know if people would think the Rockers are 
for rock and roll hall of fame. I, I, I don't know, but, um, we'll see, uh, you know, their house has their logo behind him. Uh, it, it looks like, you know, uh, uh, maybe a delivery service, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like how about, wing, maybe like, how about, wing, cl- how about Cleveland rocks? That was like wing stop or something. I, I mean, How about they, Hello Cleveland? And just instead of having Cleveland uh, first, have Hello Cleveland, and that's that's your name. I love. Whoa, that. outside the box there, Pope. I'm in. I'm in favor of this name. I'm one of the few that like it. Uh, the the logo is um, these wings that are part of the Art Deco statues that are these guardians of these traffic guardians that you're talking about. What I think is cool because I I love when when cities kind of have this civic pride where they rally around in a very provincial way around their team, Cleveland is, Cleveland is like that with their teams. And this is one of these uh, names that over time, it's going to be like, if you know, you know, like you'd have to be from Cleveland to understand right. what the guardians means to them. I don't think they were doing this to please the people in Dallas, Richmond, DC, Miami, and Philadelphia. I think they were, doing this to please the people in the 216 yeah listen all you have to do is listen to a cleveland in um, oh, oh, i'm sorry a cleveland guardians game on the radio to see how just how local this team is yeah their announcers are such homers <laughs> it's hysterical it really is i have lots of friends in cleveland i went to college in ohio and i did i would love to see them either the Browns or the guardians do something for them. Cause that poor city has just suffered throughout the eighties, nineties. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But they, they they're the long suffering Indians and Browns fans deserve some relief. Well, um, a little known SMQB's history too, is you could actually track the origins of the SMQB's to a Cleveland formerly known as Indians, um, another letdown, right? Wasn't it True. a Cubs, yeah, uh, Indians World Series game, game where seven. the SMQ game seven was was sort of solidified? So they're the um, certainly the text group was, yeah, that they are part of the lore of the SMQB's legend. <clears throat> Let's, I, love giving, uh, I love giving our listeners just a little bit of lore every now and then just to kind of keep them interested. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, since some of us has, have places to go tonight. Um, <laughs> we do. <laughs> that's hot. Toby, House, talk about the craziness that is the Olympics right now. You know what? Um, in the in the weather forecast for tomorrow, if you can believe this, for Tokyo, Japan is literally a typhoon. And as long as no as as long as no one gets hurt, I think this typhoon could do the Olympics a great favor of washing the whole goddamn thing away. Um, you know what? I really bristled at the suggestion last week from Pope that this was gonna be the no Olympics. And unfortunately, Pope was like right on and you were too rooster it's it's been a relatively starless bland uh filled with all kinds of problems um it's so weird to turn on the television and see these empty stands it is not befitting of the olympics um 
you've got all kinds of just just horrible things that have been going down the between the Shikari Richardson and sending home an, a, a real superstar for smoking pot mm-hmm. to the empty stands. There's, you know, an Algerian judo uh, contestant that refused to have a match against an Israeli um, over Jeez. political reasons. So they had to send I can't the believe ju- that still goes on, still goes on. So they had to send the Algerian home. There's a handball team that the uniform in the handball is very short, basically bikini bottoms for the women's handball. And one of the teams uh, does not want to wear them because they feel like they're being sexualized. So the, the IOC is fining this team for not wearing short enough shorts. And the, the outrage is so great that the, the performer pink has agreed to pay the fines um, to, to now make, you know, a whole thing out of this. I mean, let's, let's face it. Those bikini bottoms totally objectify, uh, the, the handball team, the vol, the beach volleyball team. I mean, Norway, what Norway fine for having, it's it's just, it's like two threads shy of a thong. (laughs) And, and for the U S it's been a total mess. Uh, complete embarrassment losing the first time in some 20 something years uh in the olympics with some stars on the court with nba champions on the court kevin right, durant right with right. with with the best free agent damian lillard with drew holiday you know top top players it's not like we were putting Drek out there on the f- floor and they lost to france uh they now have to beat um, back to back, uh, I think it's Iran and Czech Republic to yep. make it in the quarterfinals. No margin of um, error. Did anyone the, watch that game? No, I, I watched a fair amount of it. You know, I was with my dad in the hospital, and uh, the uh, there was zero energy on the U.S. team. France was diving for loose balls, mm-hmm. saving balls to their guys, and hitting threes with the on the saved ball, while the U.S. stood there watching and there there was one play where some guy from france put up a uh, an air ball and five guys on the u.s just watched this air ball which clearly was not going to hit rim and did nothing so another guy from france just caught it and dunked it i mean we 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 are so lethargic and right now poorly coached which pains me to say because i love greg popovich i mean he's like on my list of most interesting people i'd like to have dinner with well, but I mean, he, he's trying to run the Spurs offense with a, a bunch of guys who haven't played together before. You can't do that. Look, look you, you can say all of that, but the bottom line is that the U.S. led with three and a half minutes left by seven points. You know how they finished the game? They didn't score again. They got outscored 16 to 2 to finish the game. They were 0 for their last nine shots, including three Four threes. Missed three pointers on one possession where they had the possession for like 21 seconds. Durant couldn't hit a three pointer to save his life in that game. Beyond the complete collapse. I mean, who would have, who would have taken France over the U S with three and a half minutes plus seven. You know how we look at ESPN probability of win probably us. It was 99.7% to win that game. Yeah. But, but, the, the interesting thing for the Americans, the interesting thing about France, first of all, France has three, three or four legit NBA players on their team. But the interesting thing was Rudy Gobert was playing like 
he was an offensive machine. He, he played a completely different game than he plays for the Jazz. They threw him the ball, and he he did spin moves and everything else to get to the hoop. I don't know why he doesn't do that for the Jazz, because he actually looked like a pretty proficient low-post player. Well, speaking uh, of, of uh, U.S. humiliation, it's really, despite them being in second place in the overall medal count right now, Again, it's been a very underwhelming start. Uh, the the superstar Katie Ledecky lost her first race, took silver uh, in the 400 meter uh, free. The women's gymnastics team, although Simone, Simone Biles is in the lead, uh, they actually right now in the preliminaries are behind Russia, which was a surprise. The men's gymnastics team in the overall competition team competition was left off the medal stand altogether the women's soccer team the storied soccer team that was introduced last week juggernaut lost three nothing to sweden i mean overall there's been just a really flat performance in the medals it's right now um china 18 usa 14 japan 13 and russia 12 for me so far and what little i've seen actually the most compelling part of the olympics actually has been badminton well the badminton was pretty fascinating and i can't wait to hear bison's uh commentary on that but the new sports the skateboarding the surfing uh they were fun to watch Japan brought home uh in the street skateboarding winners on both the men's and women's side um there's been a great performance uh by by um Pope's favorite basketball team. He's now Pope has now added another team to his favorite, the country of Slovenia. <laughs> Damn um, right, I have Luca. Hallelujah. Uh, look out for Slovenia and Luca. Look out for Australia and in, in men's basketball. Um, but overall, I don't know. I think it's closer to Pope's no Olympics than being the. So gonna, it sounds like you were I'm like promoting the now. you're promoting the X Games right there when you're talking about skateboarding and surfing. We're talking about the fucking Olympics. I'm yeah. Gonna, I think you guys all have a bad attitude about this. Uh, First of all, let's let's get off the homerism USA, USA, USA. Okay, you can root for the home team. That's fine. But the joy of the Olympics is watching the competition of these athletes. I mean, if you watch the the Taekwondo and it is an American who won the gold, the, the first taekwondo gold for an american ever the the just sheer joy that this woman showed in winning there the, is no joy in tokyo <laughs> if you watch the got to be muddy too the triathlon these guys i mean th- these guys were they do this triathlon and i i never gonna get the exact distances but i think the the olympic distance try is like a mile swim i think it's like 26 miles on the bike and then a 10k the guys are the guys who wanted finished. His last mile run was four minute forty second pace. After doing the rest of that, they, they cross the finish line, and these a, these athletes collapse from sheer exhaustion. That's how hard they're working. I mean, same thing with the the coach from the uh, the Australian coach with the the swimmer who beat Katie Ledecky, um, local hometown DC girl. You know, the coach from Australia was just beside herself. I mean, I watched some of the weightlifting competition himself. This he was is ridiculous. Like pure, this is the definition of 
of the 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 agony of defeat, the the what is it, the joy of victory, the but the thrill I of mean, victory. It's just to watch the emotion, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. It's I don't know. I just think you root for the athletes. You, if you start you know rooting too hard for the home country, you're going to be disappointed, especially in basketball. Just enjoy the competition. It's enjoy the, the stories and the there are there uh, are telling stories. It, it, it's true, but I'm with Pope on some of these new sports. Call me old. Um, you're old. We've done that many times. <laughs> skateboard. I mean, look, if you're going to have skateboarding, at least make it, you know, legitimate and, and authentic. I mean, they've got these skateboarders all dressed up in these fancy little polo shirts and, and nice little athletic shorts. These dudes ought to be wearing their baggy, you know, uh, uh, shorts and, and green hair, and they and they should be, you know, chased by some mall cop on a sed- Segway because they've just oh stolen God. some gum from something at the mall. I mean, pretty much that's oh the that's God. the skateboarding population. Am I right, Pope? Am I right? Is that the this first Paul scary. Blart reference? Yeah. In the, uh, oh boy, mall cop. I mean, come on. <laughs> how many? How many? How many like preppy skateboarders Look, have you ever seen in your life? You know, if Caitlyn Jenner could have had the skateboard, maybe. He, she could have won that as well as oh a decathlon in nineteen. Oh my God! You guys oh, have lost they. it. That would be they. That would be they. If you if you watch any of the skateboarding, you would see that what these skateboarders were doing were truly athletic feats. There were pl- there was plenty yes. of ink all over their bodies. X Games. No, the, I, skateboarding belongs, and the, what the some of the athletic stuff that they're doing on the on the surfboards is insane. Good sports. Okay. Anyway, right. enjoy no, I, the rest. I was trying to give an update on badminton, though. All I right. was trying to give an update on badminton, but, but I can tell you, I'm looking at the results. How'd your guy do? How'd your guy do? Clue. I don't have a fucking clue how to. He can't even remember <laughs> the name of this guy. Really, he doesn't even remember the name of this guy. No, I don't even know what these things mean. I mean, land, group play, it's finished. There's winners. I, I don't. I, I can't understand. It looks like they're playing every 20 minutes or something. I, I don't know. I'm sure it's. I'm sure that the Japanese are giving the Chinese a run for their money. That's all I know. Oh my God, that's a solid update. Thanks, Bison. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, strong. Mo- moving, think, moving right along. Better Olympics update than that right there for the four of us. That's right. Pope, Pope <laughs> moving right along to your favorite category, the SEC. What is going on with SEC expansion? Wow, the earthquake that you heard last week and felt was uh, the um, the people down at Texas A&M realizing they've been snookered once again. They were promised years ago that they would be the only Texas team in the SEC, and that was part of their bait to jump mm. to the SEC. And mm. at the time, there was some discussion about Texas and Oklahoma going to the Pac-12 and forming a super conference back before the Big 12 formation. Of course, it's not Big 12, it's Big 10, and it's about to be the little eight because Texas and OU have been negotiating for six months, unbeknownst to really anyone and certainly unbeknownst to the Aggies, uh, an exit from the Big 12 to the SEC to form the first, but not the last, super conference in our new NCAA NIL uh, era that we're about to enter. Speaking of that, did you see where Bryce Young has already signed up about a million dollars worth yeah. of endorsements? Yeah. Well, that that's Alabama just quarterback. genius by Saban to, to even be throwing that out there. It's right. like the biggest recruiting tool he has. Yeah. yeah you think so? Hey, BP, Texas, before you go on, yeah. you, let me ask you this. 
do you think this is le- legitimate end goal or uh, trying to get leverage against the Big Ten? Uh, against the Big Ten or Big 12? Big 12, sorry. So, so Texas and Oklahoma informed the Big 12 today that they're leaving, that they're not renewing their contract in 2025, and now it's all about negotiating the exit. Uh, my guess is that there will be a buyout. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see ESPN throw in part of the buyout money because they're <laughs> going to make they're going to make a gajillion dollars off this new conference. The rights to Longhorn Network, et cetera, are going to be all folded in. Um, my guess is, you know, maybe optimistically you see 2022, 23 season, uh, more likely maybe 23, 24. Um, but it's it's a done deal. And, you know, the the shockwaves felt around the other conferences are, you know, what happens to the big 12 lesser teams now, like Baylor, Texas Tech, um, AAC, baby, state AAC, baby, is the AAC going to pick them up? There's some talk about creating uh, another conference with SMU and TCU and Rice and putting them into the little big eight Uh, Pac-12 might, you know, want to pick up uh, some teams, Kansas might go to the Big Ten. West Virginia might go to the ACC. I think what you're going to see in the next six months or so is a consolidation of into four super conferences, and there'll be 64 teams. And if you're not in one of those super conferences, you're going to be left out in the cold. Um, maybe there'll be you know a, a fifth conference uh, that gets an automatic bid into the, the playoffs when they go to 12. I, I, I don't know. But from an SEC standpoint, I was doing a little research uh, because a lot of people are like, well, how's that going to impact on the divisions? Because right now, Alabama and Auburn are in the West. Uh, But if you put Texas and Oklahoma, it slots in pretty easy. Alabama, Auburn would go to the East. Texas, Oklahoma would go to the West. Uh, And so, you know, Alabama and Auburn would be in the conference with Florida. Milk, we're coming for you. And uh, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, all those guys, Tennessee. Uh, and then Texas OU would be naturally in the conference with Arkansas, Missouri, and A&M. People in Texas are excited because they're going to see A&M in Texas again. They haven't played in years uh, once te- A&M jumped to the SEC. So um, I think this was inevitable. I think, uh, I think if you really look back on it, I think Sarkeesian probably had a heads up that Texas was going to go to the SEC when he took his head coaching job at Texas. Um, that that was the ultimate place where he would be and it made him more attractive to Texas, obviously, since he had experience coaching in the sec. Um, so do we think this is good or bad for college? Well, that, that's what well, I, I want to ask a bigger question though. What, what does this do to all the other sports? Because college football has ruined so many, you know, ruined um, basketball uh, some of the best basketball conferences, mm-hmm. the big East, the big East. Um, you could, I mean, you know, it's, it's football has just really, it's, it's too important. It's too big. What does this do for the other sports at these schools? And not necessarily just the Texas and Oklahoma move, but looking forward to this consolidation what does this do for student athletes yeah. in those conferences? Well, you, you heard uh, NCAA say last week that they, you know, feel like it's out of control and that that the NCAA is on its last legs. Uh, I, I think you that know, might not be a bad thing. It, well, it may not be, but that's but a corrupt so, organization. Yeah. So what what is going to happen to the schools that don't, you know, make the final cut for the sixty four? 
And, and you know, what about basketball? Bison, you're absolutely right. Because if you look at the Big 12, defending national champion, Baylor, perennial national champion candidate, Kansas, up and coming until, of course, again, start looking at this. Chris Beard jumped from Tech to Texas, probably had a heads up that Texas was jumping to the SEC. So, you know, that's a great conference in basketball, arguably, you know, the best conference now uh, on paper. What's going to happen to it? Uh, what You know, I could see how Kansas could go to the Big Ten to really fortify the Big Ten from basketball. They don't care about football. Uh, Hope. I, yeah. Question for you, though, along these lines, because I, I do think it's going to ruin – college sports, these super conferences, and I'm looking forward to Milk's return next week. We're giving a shout out to our buddy Milk, who's not on the broadcast this week because he's taking the bar tomorrow, and I don't mean bringing oh, home all, all the drinks. Oh, that's all another lawyer. But listen. Yes. <laughs> taking I, the we, Florida bar exam, which is a tough one. Uh, go Milk, but I, I, know he's, I know he's going to have a lot to say about the college sports thing next week, but besides the money piece, what does this do for competition? Like in a conference like that, particularly let's talk about football. Like you bring over Texas and OU, what happens to teams like Vandy and, and Kentucky and, and Mississippi state? Like, is there really room for all these teams in the sec to even compete at that level? There's a lot of money out there and uh, their fan base does not want them going anywhere. They love the natural rivalries. Um, you know, every now and then you'll have an Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, even a Vandy punch through um, and, you know, get into the upper tier. Uh, but, you know, with with the big uglies, uh, as Keith Jackson used to say, uh, you've got Alabama, Texas, OU, um, LSU. I mean, just think, uh, I mean, and if you look at the, the national champions of the college football playoffs in the last 10 years, I mean, it's dominated what eight out of 10 by other than Clemson by sec. So um, they're, they're not going to go anywhere. I, I don't see Vandy wanting to leave. Uh, I don't see Kentucky wanting to leave in, in basketball. Kentucky is still a perennial national candidate. And Vandy and baseball. Sure. But you know, I, I, I kind of agree with, with house the, um, and I look at it from a young fans perspective. You mentioned regional rival rivalries. Um, that's starting to fade because of these consolidations. Not as much in the SEC, but um, like the idea that Boston College is is in the ACC mm. is, you know, just just illustrates Bison's point how the Big East has been destroyed by this whole um, uh, trend. Um, you know, when I was a kid, you could drive, get in the car and drive to see every school in the Big East where I grew up. And, you know, we could go to Boston College. Uh, we could go to New York um, or UConn. And now, if you're, if you're living in, in Massachusetts and you follow Boston College, they're, they're, you have to drive down to Virginia and South Carolina and North Carolina see most of their games. Just, well, how do you think? How do you think the people in Morgantown, West Virginia, feel? <laughs> they yeah. got to drive to Kansas and Texas. Right. Yeah, but I mean, Oklahoma. You know, they're they're in a geographically difficult place. There there aren't a lot of schools near Morgantown. It's all surrounded by mountains. 
you think you get to a point where there's where there are football conferences and then there are conferences for other sports? I do. I don't know. Look at Notre Dame. What is Notre Dame going to do? The ACC is pushing really hard to bring Notre Dame in full time for football. I mean, but Notre Dame right now, they played ACC football. So the Atlantic Coast, Coast Conference is going to have a school from Indiana. I mean, that's that's what I'm, that's my point. It's it, it just well, already destroyed the it has destroyed the regional local feel of college sports. And it's now professional sports, basically. Yeah. This is the backlash, ironically, of this Supreme Court opinion that's allowing the players to get paid. Again, we'll talk more about this next week, but I was talking to my kids yesterday in the car about a three-star athlete comes to a, like my school, Tulane, and says, I want to play football. And the coach says, oh, you'll be able to start. You'll be, able to, you'll be a star in the AC, AAC. We send, we send kids to the NFL. And uh, yeah, he, you know, come play for Tulane. Then this three-star kid says, well, I think I'll take a trip and I'll go over to Alabama. And Saban says, look, I'm going to tell you straight up, you're going to win four national champions. You'll probably never leave the bench, but by joining our team, you'll get endorsements and you can probably pick up a couple hundred thousand dollars. Where do you think that kid's going to go? There's no question about it. The money, they're going to follow the money. And these mid-major schools are going to get crushed by these super conferences and the money. And I think in the end, it's going to be an irony because for the kids, maybe they won't be used the, the way they were in the past. But for the fans, if you're not a fan of one of these super conference teams, you're screwed. All right. Yeah, let's I move. mean, let's, I, I guess sorry, my last sorry, point, BP. real quick, last point, and, you know, I'll, I'll put my SMU hat on for a second because SMU's had an amazing recruiting year. They've got their first five-star. they got a couple four-stars, had a three-star yesterday. What are they going to be telling these guys now about where their ultimate destination is going to be as a conference, as a school, and as a, you know, competitive? Are they going to be able to compete for national champions in a, in a power five conference with the AAC, you know, getting in there? I, I, I don't know. Just like Tulane, just like some of these other lesser schools, um, it is it is uh, an exciting time if you are a, a big fan of college football, uh, SEC. But it is, I guess, treacherous for all of the other schools. Um, and I, I don't know if we know the path forward. Okay, so we're uh, recording this on Monday, the twenty sixth, and in four days is the uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline. Bison, there hasn't been a whole lot of action. We have, we've had one big trade, but what do you, you see any blockbusters coming down the pike? Well, I think the thing that's going to be interesting to watch is some of the teams that we thought could be competitive are going to be dismantling, right? Like the Cubs, the Twins, and I think the Nationals at this point after – after the Nats got swept by the Orioles this weekend, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin. Nail in the coffin for that. But you know, you're gonna have guys like Chris Bryant and, and Anthony Rizzo who could get moved from the Cubs. Did you think that was a possibility a couple of years ago when they when they won the World Series? No. How about Max Scherzer or Trey Turner from the Nats going? Or Josh Donaldson leaving the Twins? Um, or, or Byron Buxton leaving the Twins. I mean, those are teams that Nelson were, Cruz. Were, were built. Nelson Cruz. Those were teams 
that were built to compete this year and went into the season thinking they were going to. Uh, and, and a lot of people thought those those teams, you know, did have a chance. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see some of the older teams whose windows have closed and, and what's going to happen. Uh, and like I said, including my Nats, which I think we're going to see. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of action with the Nats. The Nats got their World Series. Their farm system is is anemic to say the least. And so, you know, a lot of people think it'd be kind of crazy not to, to just trade everyone. I mean, obviously a guy like Soto is not going anywhere. And I would even think Trey Turner's probably not touchable either, but just about everybody else on that team. Um, but for the fact that there's a lot of injuries on the Nats. So well, I get rid of Scherzer though. What, what's the thinking there? Well, his contract's up. Um, you know, he, the, he's, you know, what is he, 37 years old? I mean, how long is he? He's having a great year, but if you can, if it's time to reload, it's time to reload, right? Go out and get some assets. So does that mean you're finally going to become a Yankees fan? Why would I become a Yankees fan? When Max signs with the Yankees, obviously. Listen, don't be surprised to see Scherzer get traded and then come back to Washington at the end of the season on a a new deal. The Nats would re-sign him uh, if he doesn't do some sort of a sign yeah. trade extension deal. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, you know, I think, I think the, to, to the Nats credit, they see, they see reality and they react. The Yankees are pretty much in the same boat. Uh, we're not, we're not making the playoffs at this rate, but they, they have the perpetual blinders on where their thing is, look, we are always going to have a competitive team on the field for for the fans, and so there's not a lot of rebuilding uh, ever in their in their plans, which I think is a mistake this year because the way baseball is going, having a bunch of slow right-handed hitters who slug and no speed uh, is is a recipe for disaster. You know, the when the Yankees started to win some games recently it seemed like Boone finally grew a pair and said to some of his players, look, there's a thing called bunting. There's a thing called hitting and running. There's a thing called stealing bases. And they started to win some games and then they immediately went, went away from it. They're, they're, they're a team of dinosaurs. They need to get rid of Boone and, and, and restock their, 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 uh, players, and but they're not going to do it. I think we're in trouble. Bruce, I think you, Nats are, you, are doing the right thing. Are you throwing the towel in on this year? Because you guys are three and a half back from the last wild card. No, we could, we could, we need, we need a, nothing. We need a relief pitcher and a starting pitcher. We need, we need a, a shortstop. I mean, we need a lot of big pieces. We're not, but the, of course, the Yankees could go out and get all of that at the trade de- deadline. So no, I'm not. I'm not writing off the year i'm saying if they don't do something big at the trade deadline they're done this is my problem with baseball and 162 games i don't like that half the league is basically not trying after july 30th i just don't like that in a sport this is basically down to you know half a dozen teams in each league really going for it and the rest are just like you know for the fans if, if you're a new york fan if you're a washington fan if you, whoever's going to be the sellers, like what's the point of showing up to the stadium? That's just, that's not, that's not good for sport. Well, really it's, if you look, it's almost two thirds of MLB is eliminated after trade deadline. 
I mean, if you if you look at the standings, there are just very few teams that could potentially leap up into a wild card. So we're not doing a Ted Lasso segment uh, for episode twenty six, but did anyone watch the uh, season premiere? Love it. Yeah. Uh, the TV the TV played in front of me Friday night after we had a, um, <laughs> a wine wine, a wine gathering. Victorian and. So I'm, I'm, I believe that the show did, in fact, cross my TV screen um, that evening, but I'm not well, going to. Before I saw, let me just say, before I saw season two, episode one, I, had, I, had, I was working on this premise that maybe we just all love that show because after a year of COVID, we just needed something that was, there was no cynicism and it was just all kindness and good. And that maybe after, uh, you know, a year of that, now that we're all cynical again, maybe it wouldn't be so good. I have to say it was just as good. Season season two, episode one, I was very pleasantly pleased by just how good that damn series is. And I'm so glad that we have a, a segment. I mean, it's the, the chemistry between all the actors is great. And Jason Sudeikis is, you know, that's that's the role of a lifetime. He'll forever be known as Ted Lasso. I don't know if you guys saw where, you know, he said... Uh, something about if Diane Sawyer would ask him out, yes, please is what mm-hmm. he would say. And and she tweeted and she said, I'm, I'm in, how about you, Ted Lasso? So uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got, a, he's a cultural hero right now. And that's, that's boy, we sorely need that. Well, enough of that. Nice shit. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's punch someone. Let's punch someone in the face. Come on, man. Um, in, in 2000, 2018, in response to the Larry Nasser horrific sexual abuse scandal, where he was violating these young USA gymnasts, Congress created the U S Senator center for safe sport who Congress put in charge of investigating misconduct in Olympic sports. It's been a massive failure. It's a disgrace to U.S. Olympic sports, and here's an example why. We have a guy on the U.S. fencing team with a history of sexual assault dating all the way back to his college days at Columbia, um, where he basically preyed on his um, female teammates and opponents in the after parties. And Columbia knew about it. They investigated it. And they suspe- suspended him for a year. They they found these to be credible allegations. Well, in May of this year, USA Fencing announced that on Instagram that this guy, um, Alan Hazdick, Hadzik, Hadzik, H-A-D-Z-I-C, um, was selected as the first alternate on the fencing team. So there, he was the number four in the world and that made him the alternate. Um, and immediately the captains of the women's team, men, men on the U S fencing team, uh, complained on Instagram in the comments section, um, basically calling out USA fencing for supporting a predator. 
And so USA Fencing's response was to disable the comments on their Instagram page. Uh, so these, so three of the women, uh, all former teammates, had no choice but to file a complaint with Safe Sport, which is supposed to be protecting our athletes from the horrors of the, you know, uh, of the gymnast past of the Larry Nasser situation. Uh, didn't work. Um, the the Safe Sport, uh, which is a nonprofit created by Congress, they have the exclusive authority to investigate this. So now all of a sudden, USA Fencing, USA Olympics, they have no authority to handle misconduct uh, uh, investigations. And um, you know the, the women got nothing. They got they got uh, they got basically put off. And so they also emailed the U.S. Olympic Committee whose only response was to say, well, we've shared this matter with Safe Sport, and here, by the way, are some uh, um, apps for mental health services and meditation. Uh, so finally, uh, in June, Safe Sport um, got around to taking this seriously, and they did suspend Hadzik only because it was an ongoing investigation. I guess the policy is if there's an investigation on ongoing investigation, the, the athlete is suspended, but there is a provision in the statute that allows for arbitration. And so the safe sport arbitrator sided with the, with this alleged sex abuser lifted his suspension, which meant he could go to Tokyo and gave him uh, a condition that was called a safety plan, which was simply that he not fly on the same airplane as the rest of the team. And he sequestered himself from the women on the team. And now he's there. He's there competing with the with women who felt like he abused them in college. And they know people he abused in college. Um, and they filed these complaints. And they basically got a response that said, hey, maybe you should meditate. Um, the safe sport is, turns out to be a joke. I'm sure, you know, Congress wasn't the best uh, uh, vehicle for, for this, but they need to revisit it um, and, and, and fix this um, because now we've got a team full of women fencers who are dealing with competing in the in the biggest event of their life and looking over their shoulder at some guy they think is a sexual predator. It's 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 a travesty. Well, thank and, God, thank God he didn't do weed. Jeez. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. Right which is legal <laughs> where she did it. Right. Um, but Instead, you know, the, like a Propecia warning on them, right? Women stay away. Buzzfeed did a big report on this and they found that, you know, this isn't the only instance of safe sport dragging its feet and sort of taking the side of the entity. There was one woman who was actually being stalked by a referee in her sport where the guy was following her from games to to a bar and basically telling her you know you you have to sleep with me or uh, there's going to be repercussions and being you know physically forceful with her she files a complaint with with safe sport and takes them nearly two years to get to the bottom of it and in that time you know what's what's what seems to be commonplace is they they've complete their report without having in, uh, interviewed any of the supposed witnesses. 
It's it's a joke. It's a complete joke. And it's a travesty given the fact that it came to light because of all this abuse by Larry Nassar. It's I can't believe we have allowed this to happen again in this country. So punch punch in the face goes out to Congress for fucking this act up. USA Olympics, USA fencing and safe sport. Boom. A lot of punches. A lot of punches. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. A lot of punches thrown. Important Mm -hmm. story. Good read, too. Oh, that was a hot adds, adds to the messiness of the Olympics. The no anybody Olympics. got anything? Anybody got anything happy to say to finish up? No go milk. milk. We go looking? milk. Yeah, go milk, man. Yeah, champ, milk. champ with a good. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the golfer yesterday. Um, yeah. With a pretty uh, heroic finish, uh, leading you know, going to fifteenth and and suffering from dehydration, looked like he was about to collapse. Yeah. Uh, standing over a putt that he ends up draining. Um, maybe, maybe I should start playing dizzy. That might be the yeah. thing I could come up with. That could help. And uh, here's and condolences to COVID nineteen for having to spend the next two weeks with Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, and great. and and also watch this space for a little Hungarian Grand Prix with. Uh, with with Max and Lewis, uh, part Ooh, two. Yeah, that's oh, be I good. cannot wait for that race, guys. That's, that's going to be good. good. Yeah, I that's think they should race this one in monster trucks. Who's, uh, who's picking first? Okay. Who's picking first uh, that week? I think we're back up to the top. I think it's Pope is picking first next week. Good luck, Pope. Good luck, Pope. We'll see. Have a great week, guys. All right, guys. Yeah, missed you Go guys. Milk. Good seeing you. Take it easy.